Well, good morning, Abundant Life Church. My name is Aaron, and it is my absolute honor and pleasure to be able to stand up in front of you and speak today. I feel like you should always start a sermon uh, with a um, kind of a sense of humility, and so to kind of build trust with the audience. And so in order to build some humility with you, I'm going to show you a picture for me from high school. So be kind. Uh, take that all in. Yeah, take it all in. Just soak it all up. Yeah, that's right. Okay, a couple... I'm sure you have a couple questions, okay? First off, yes, that is me with bleached blonde hair. And no, I, I wasn't forced to do that. That was something I did on my own free will. And uh, as you can understand and as you can see, I didn't make a lot of wise de decisions in high school. And uh, this one being part of it. And that is uh, the very first car I ever owned, a 1992 Ford Tempo. Anyone? <laughs> so you're like, what's a Ford Tempo? So uh, take the picture away. It's scaring the people. It's scaring. Okay. So I'm in high school, and uh, I'm on a youth retreat. And uh, we're on our way down to California. We stop at a rest stop. Everybody gets out, kind of stretch their legs. I have a Frisbee with me, and I decide, hey, I want to just throw it back and forth with some of my friends in the youth group. So we start throwing the Frisbee back and forth. And I noticed off to my left, I see my youth pastor sitting on a bench with his knees pointed towards me. And so as I'm throwing that Frisbee back and forth, I get an idea. And I say to myself, huh, wouldn't it be funny if I took this Frisbee and I threw it as hard as I could at my youth pastor? Again, I didn't make a lot of wise decisions in high school. So I'm throwing this Frisbee back and forth, back and forth. I look at my youth pastor, keep throwing, keep throwing. Grab the Frisbee, I turn, and I chuck it as hard as I can right at his knee. So it hits his knee, gives that good thunk, you know, that sound, you know that it hit right on the bone. He starts to writhe in pain. He looks down at the Frisbee. He looks up at me, and he gives me a look, basically communicating, boy, I hope that you know Jesus because you're about to meet him. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he grabs the Frisbee, and he starts chasing me. He starts booking after me. And I'm thinking to myself, that's okay. This is an old man. There's no way he's going to chase me down. So I start to run. I start to run. And I look, and he is right there, neck and neck, like he is right on me. I don't know what happened in that moment. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in such a way to give him wings like eagles because he was flying, okay? So I'm going to go, and I finally say, I need to take this up a notch. I need to take it to the next level, get some distance. So I take it up the next level, start to get a little bit of distance, my youth pastor sees this, and so he takes that Frisbee in his hand still, and he chucks it as hard as he can right at my head. <laughs> now, thankfully for the both of us, it just barely missed the top of my head, combed over my hair. I stop, I look at him, he stops, he looks at me, and we both said, we'll never speak of this again. <laughs> Every single day of our lives, every single day of our lives, we are pursued after something. Someone, something is pursuing after us every single day. I mean, just take a second and think about all the different avenues of your life, all the different facets of your life, and think about how many times you're pursued after, chased after. Something is trying to get your attention. I think of the smallest way of just like coupons I get in the mail telling me that I have to go to this store because if I don't, I'm going to miss out on the greatest sale ever. Or I think about advertisements on media, on my phone, always telling me, hey, go to this, do this, go over here, go that. 
I think of the people in my life, the friends in my life, the relationships I have, and even strangers, people always trying to get my attention, always trying to get me to do something, always trying to get me to believe something. Every single day, we are pursued by people, by voices. And so let me just ask the first question that I want to ask today, which is simply this. What are the voices, who are the people that are pursuing after you? What are the voices that pursue us? If you have your journals, I think this would be a great opportunity to just find a blank page somewhere in the back and just kind of jot down a couple of those things in your life, a couple of the people, a couple of those things, a couple of the whatever that's pursuing after you, trying to get your attention, trying to get you to do something, trying to get you to believe something. Now, I think this is an important question to ask simply because when we listen to the voices that pursue us, when we respond to the people that are pursuing after us, chasing after us, it can radically shape who we are. It can leave a lasting impact. One of the most unrelenting voices in my life up to this point has been my father. My father is a, is a man of God, and he has been a man of God ever since uh, I first drew a breath, and he has taught me so many things throughout my life, and he has loved me unconditionally and unabashedly. But he has also left an incredible impact on my life in some good ways and then some crazy ways. In my household, there was only one radio station that we were ever allowed to listen to. Only one radio station, only one genre of music that I was instructed that I could listen to. Does anybody know what radio station that I might be referring to? Oldies, 97.1 Kissin' FM. You guys know that station? Yes! With all my friends in elementary school and middle school, they were listening to like Coolio and TLC and Green Day and Nirvana, and I was in the corner listening to Simon and Garfunkel, you know what I mean? I was in the corner with my Neil Diamond and my Tom Jones CDs. I'm like, guys, this is great. They were like, no, you're a loser. <laughs> my father has left a significant impact because he has unrelentingly pursued after me and he has sought to teach me so many things. That music, that oldies music, that's still the music that I love to listen to today. Had I taken that frisbee to the back of the head, it would have radically shaped my life or at least the shape of my head, you know what I mean? So this leads me to my next question. How do we filter the voices that pursue us and that shape us? How do we filter these voices that shape us? How do we decide what people we should allow to have influence inside of our lives? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not simply saying we should only listen and only talk and only build relationships with a certain amount of people, but I am saying that there are only a certain amount of voices, only a certain amount of people that we should allow to have influence and impact in our lives, to really seriously shape who we are. And I think that's what leads us into our scripture today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 3. This is going to be spending most of our time today. Just a couple quick verses that I think are super powerful as we walk through this question. And there's two things that I really want to accomplish today. First, I want us to simply ask um, the question of, uh, more or less, of, of what can Hebrews teach us uh, about, about all these voices and how we filter this. Hebrews uh, is one of the most beautifully well-written um, letters in the entire uh, New Testament. And it's because, mainly, because it encourages us to ask the question, is there something better? The kind of way that I've always understood it is there's a lot of different ways that we can live our life, right? You guys have seen, probably in your neighborhood, in your community, in this world, there's a lot of different ways that we can live our life. 
There's a lot of different ways we can act and we can behave and we can treat each other. And I think the important question that we should always ask ourselves is, am I living the best life possible? And that's the question that Hebrews poses over and again. Are you living the best life, life possible? And the author of Hebrews will say over and over again, here is the answer to that question, is there something better? And it's yes, and it's found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So let me, let me, let me show you my, the question again. Let me pose the question one more time. How do you filter the voices that shape you? How are you and us going to find the best? Well, here's my simple answer. Look to their life. This is one of the filters that you can use that help distinguish whether this voice, this person that's pursuing after you, if they are, should be allowed to have impact and influence in who you are. And as we walk through this small section of Hebrews chapter 3, we're going to look at the life. We're going to look to the life of some incredible people, and we're going to ask ours, do these lives point us to something better? So let's dive in. Hebrews chapter 3, if you have your Bibles, follow along. If not, take out your phone, get to Hebrews chapter 3. We got some, this is some amazing scripture in here. Verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and the high priest whom we confessed. I want to just take that first idea of fix your thoughts on Jesus, right? And I want to break that down for a second and really, truly understand it. To, un to really understand what fix your thoughts means, you look at the Greek, and this is the definition that it gives you. It means to learn and understand, to draw your attention in such a way that you can actually understand the deeper meaning, the inner meaning behind what is being said. Another definition that I saw said it takes a determined effort, not just a passing glance, not just a vague recollection like, okay, like you have to make a determined effort to truly learn and understand what is being said so you can see the inner meaning behind the words. A couple years ago, uh, I remember I was at home watching television, and my wife was heading off to work. She worked night shift. And she said, babe, I just put a load of laundry in the wash. As soon as the timer goes off, can you promise to put it in the dryer? And I said, yes, I'll put it in the dryer. She's like, babe, I'm serious. Will you do this for me? I said, yes, I'll do it for you. I said, okay, it's fine. So she goes to work. A little bit later, timer goes off. I jump up. I run upstairs. I grab the laundry. I take it out of the wash. I throw it in the dryer. I go, awesome. I run back downstairs, and I continue to watch my show. I go to bed, I wake up the next day, my wife gets home from work, she goes straight to bed, I go to work, and I feel like the day has gone off pretty good. A couple hours later, I get a phone call. It's my wife. And I'm thinking to myself, she's calling to tell me how much she loves me, and how proud she is of me, and how thankful she is that I'm her husband. Okay. So I take that phone, open up, I'm like, hey, babe, how's it going? Nice long silence. Babe, are you there? She said, um, why are the, the clothes in the dryer soaking wet? And I go, that's weird. I have no idea why the clothes in the dryer are soaking wet. She's like, okay, okay. Another long silence. She said, did you turn the dryer on after you put the wet clothes in there? And I went, no. And she said, why not? And I said, because you didn't tell me to. And she says, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Did you put the wet clothes from the wash in the dryer? I said, absolutely I did, because you told me to. She said, I told you to do that so that you would dry the clothes. 
And then I had a nice moment of like, oh, that's what you meant. Yeah, I didn't do that. Sorry. Another long silence, and she hangs up. <laughs> Take my phone, put it down, and go, well, that did not go according to plan. My hope for us today, my hope for us today is that we will all make a determined effort, not just to have a vague recollection, not just to make a passing glance, but to make a determined effort to truly see and understand and to learn as we examine, as we draw our attention to the life of Jesus, especially as we are asking the question, what voices should we be allowing to let influence and impact our life? Let's go to Hebrews uh, 3, verse 2. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all of God's house. Now again, one of the cool things about Hebrews is it goes back into the Old Testament days and refers to a lot of the stories or a lot of the individuals from the Old Testament, from the early days of God's people, and uses it to kind of help illustrate some points. And so for those of you that don't know who Moses is, uh, first, you know, you can always go to the, the Old Testament, go to the book of Hebrews and kind of read from then on and you can kind of get a good grasp, uh, grasp of who Moses is. But for those of you that do not know who he is, I just got a couple bullet points of who Moses was and the significance that he played for the people of God, especially the Old Testament. So back in the Old Testament, back in the days of Exodus, God's people, the Israelites, were being held in slavery by Egypt. And so God called Moses, just this normal human man, and he said, I want you to go and I want you to go rescue my people from the enslavement of Egypt and I want you to lead them to the promised land. As God and Moses kind of built this relationship, he would go up to a mountain, Mount Sinai, and in that mountain, that's where God and Moses would speak. It's said to, that Moses and God would almost speak like friends speaking to a friend. And then God would say, okay, Moses, I want you to go and speak for my people for me. So Moses was a spokesperson for God. And he would listen to God, and then he would go down, and he would tell the people, this is what God just said. One of the most important things for the entire Old Testament and the Jewish and Israelite people was the law. God's teaching of how people should live and how people should act. And Moses was the one entrusted to teach the people. God looked at Moses and said, okay, I want you, here's my law. Here's how I want these people to live. This is the best life possible. Can you go now and teach it to these people? It was said about Moses that he spent so much time with God that his face was literally shine. It was literally radiant. If you look at Exodus chapter 34, it talks about Moses' face being so bright. He had to wear a veil over his face because people couldn't even look at him because of the amount of time that he spent with God. Moses was a faithful faithful servant. Now let me ask you the question, who is a Moses to you today? Who in your life right now do you look up and say, man, they've got it all figured out. They're kind of like a celebrity in your heart. They're kind of like, they've got it all. They, they, they do all the right things. They say all the right things. They are a true voice of impact and influence in your life. Who are those people? Think about the people in your life that truly have shaped who you are, how you live, how you act. A couple years ago, I remember going through kind of a hard time of discernment. There was a big change happening in my life. I had been part of, of one thing for a very long time, and I knew change was coming. And anytime change happens in my life, I always go through the same process of, you know, kind of wrestling with it, scared of it, but then getting to that point where I ask the question, who am I? Who am I in all this, right? 
God, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to be? And so I had a mentor at the time give me a book. And he said, here, read this book. And so I rolled my eyes and I said, okay, I'll read this book for you because that's what you want me to do. And he had given me countless books and I had never read them. But this one was small. So I said, I'll read this small book. So he gives me this book. And this is the quote that I see on page two. They remind me of the moments when it is clear. If I have eyes to see that the life that I am living is not the same as the life that wants to live in me. In those moments, I sometimes catch a glimpse of my true life, a life hidden like the river beneath the ice. And in the spirit of the poet, I wonder, what am I meant to do? Who am I meant to be? Have you had one of those moments with a book where you're reading it and you go, ha, it's alive, you know, it's speaking right to me, and you kick it out of the way, and you're like, this is weird. This was on page two of this book, and I remember reading this book over and over and over again. And I've never met this guy, Parker Palmer. He's just, a, he's just an author that my mentor had, had known at one point. He had gotten his book and said, here you go, read it. But for that moment, it hit me in such a way that I'm like, this is exactly where I'm at. I'm asking these questions. God, what am I meant to do? Who am I meant to be? Am I living a life like a, like a frozen river where on the outside it looks like it's dead, but on the inside there's something happening? Am I truly living the life that wants to live inside of me? It gave me kind of a framework to ask some tough questions. Who are the voices of impact and influence? Whether people you've known your entire life or whether it be a stranger from a book. As we continue in the, the book of Hebrews, one of the things I love is he adds a little bit of a twist to help understand and add another filter to this conversation. Follow along Hebrews 3 verse 5. Moses was faithful as a servant in all of God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. Pastor Jeremy talked about this last week, if you were with us, the idea that the past has now led to something better. By looking towards the past, it can help us have a conversation and can kind of encourage us to seek out that which is better. And Moses was an incredibly strong voice for an entire generation of people, many generations of followers of God. He was incredible. But I love what the author William Barclay says about Moses in this instant. Here's the quote. Moses did not create the law. He only mediated it. He did not create the house. He only served in it. He did not speak of himself. He pointed towards greater things to come. You see, the story of Moses is amazing, and it's one of the cool parts of the Old Testament, and I love reading it. But one of the things that I love about what the Scripture of Hebrews says is that his life is a testimony pointing towards something else, pointing towards something better to come. Remember how I said how Moses was the one that led God's people out of Egypt, out of this enslavement? Well, there was going to come a day where there was going to be someone named Jesus Christ who was going to show up on the, the scene and not just lead God's people, but all people, out of an enslavement, not of one country, but of the evil one, of the enemy. And going to give us a freedom, a freedom not just outward, but inward in ways we would never understand. Moses came down from the mountain and spoke to the people. Jesus came down from heaven and was born as a human and became God incarnate. God dwelling in flesh among us and began to live and teach and speak the words of God. As of almost God was in front of us, Moses was entrusted with the law and with the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. And as the word of God began to live every single day out a gospel of peace, a gospel of forgiveness, and a gospel of mercy. 
Moses stood so close to God that his face was radiant. Jesus is the radiance of God because Jesus is God. It's the exact expression of who God is. Moses was a faithful servant, but Jesus was a faithful son. Do the people and do the voices in your life, do they point you to something better? Do they truly point you to something better? Do they breathe life into you or do they take life from you? Do the people and the voices in your life point you to something better? Let's go back to verse 1, Hebrews verse 1, because this is such a great verse. We could spend our entire time in it, but I really want to pay attention to a couple key things that are said here, so I'm just going to read it real quick. Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and the high priest whom we confess. Now those two words, apostle and high priest, I know they sound like churchy words, so let me try to break them down for you just a little bit because there is some amazing, powerful truth and meaning, if we make a determined effort to truly understand what they mean. First off, apostle. What does that mean? Well, it simply means one who is a voice for another. The clearest example that I can get for our day and age is either an ambassador for a country or a PR person for a company. Say there's a country that has a representative, they're called an ambassador, and they would go speak to other countries on behalf of theirs. Or if it's a company, they have a representative called a PR person, I guess, they would be the, the voice or the representative of that company to those on the outside. And this is the only time in all of Scripture that Jesus is given this title. The only time in all of Scripture where Jesus is called the apostle. The other title that he's given is high priest. Amen, another churchy word. But understand that in the Old Testament days, the only way you came to know God, the only way you experienced a relationship with him was going through a high priest. You would have to go to a temple, you would have to talk to a high priest, the high priest would instruct you on what you needed to do to bridge that distance between you and God, whether it be a burnt offering, whether it be uh, sacrificing an animal on, on the altar, whether it be patting your head and rubbing your stomach, whatever that might be, this is what you need to do in order to bridge the distance between you and God. And Jesus now is our high priest. So what does this all mean? It simply means this. If you hear nothing else today, simply hear this simple truth. The unfailing voice of Jesus will never stop pursuing after you. Let me say that again because man is that truth. The unfailing voice of Jesus Christ will never stop pursuing after you. You see, the unfailing voice of Jesus, as I understand it, as I've made a determined effort to understand what it means that he is an apostle, is that he is the voice that has been sent out to find every single one of us exactly where we are. God said, I want you to go, Jesus. I want you to go into this world, and I need you to remind these people how much I love them. They are lost. They are wandering. They are, they're trying to figure out life on their own, but I want to do it with them. So Jesus, go and tell every single one of them how much I love them. And do not let them be escaped. Do not let them escape my pursuit after them. So go, find them exactly where they are and tell them how much I love them. And that's the apostle part. The high priest part is the fact that when Jesus is sent out to find us, as he pursues us, as his reckless love chases us down, it enters into the messiness of who we are. Anybody in this room a little messy sometimes? I mean, I am messy. I have made mistakes. You saw the bleached blonde hair, okay? I have made a lot of mistakes in my life. 
I have not always had it figured out, but the one thing that I do know is this, that I believe in a God who sent his son Jesus Christ after me, and when he found me, he entered into my messiness. All that garbage that I had, all those mistakes I had made, and he simply said, it's finished. Don't worry about this. I'm going to take care of it. Because Jesus laid his life on a cross. And he became the one and last sacrifice that we would ever need. That basically took care of everything of that distance now between us and God. And he simply called my name and he said, Aaron, follow me. It was my senior year of high school when graduation was just around the corner. I'm sitting at the dining room table of that frisbee chuckin' youth pastor of mine. I'm sitting there at his table at 1 a.m. in the morning. We just had Bible study that night, and that led to a conversation, which led to another conversation, which led to another conversation. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just at a loss. Because again, graduation was around the corner. And I had looked back on the last four years of my life in high school, and I had said, man, I have wasted so much. I have spent so much time worrying about what other people think of me. I have spent so much time chasing after things that have no value. I have spent so much time listening to voices and allowing them to impact me in ways that aren't good for me. And I have feared so much. I have allowed the enemy to whisper lie after lie to me, telling me that I'm worthless, telling me I have nothing to offer. And I'm looking at my youth pastor at 1 a.m. in the morning at his dining room table, and I'm going, dude, I don't know what to do. Who the heck am I? I've been part of this youth group for years. I've been trying to do this whole church thing, but man, I'm just at a loss. What am I supposed to do? And my youth pastor says the same thing to me that he'd been saying for six years up to that point. The same thing that I heard many pastors say. The same thing that my mom and dad had said to me. But he simply looked at me and he said, Aaron, I love you. And I'm willing to walk with you through all of this. And if you really want to know, if you truly want to understand how to take your life and take it to something deeper, something more meaningful, if you really want to experience the absolute best life possible, the only way that you can do that is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I remember taking that moment in and have a peace come upon me that in such a way that I had never had before. And I had finally listened to the words that were spoken to me. I am who I am today. The only reason why I even get to a chance to stand up in front of you right now is because of the voices that I have listened to, the people that I have sought out, the influencers, the, the mentors, the family members, the pastors that have spoken into me. But more importantly, I am who I am today because of one voice that I listened to. And he spoke to me the night that I spoke to my youth pastor at 1 a.m. in the morning. And it wasn't my youth pastor. It was the voice of Jesus Christ. The voice of Jesus Christ spoke to me that night and simply said, Aaron, I love you. And Aaron, I'm willing to walk with you through all of this. No matter if you leave me, walk away from me, or abandon me, I will never stop pursuing after you. And if you really wanted to take me seriously, if you really want to build a relationship with me, I am going to show up exactly where you are. I'm going to take care of all this garbage and all these lies. And I'm going to give you a life. And I'm going to show you how you can take your life and use it for the benefit of others. 
I have an identity today. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly who I am, and I know exactly why I'm on this earth. Why? Because of the unfailing voice of Jesus. I have a purpose today, a purpose not for myself, but for the sake of others. Why? Because of the unfailing voice of Jesus. I have silenced the lies of the enemy that has so much, so loudly screamed my name because of the unfailing voice of Jesus. And I hope that you hear that voice again today. There's two things that I want to say depending on where you land in this, in this conversation, depending on where you are in this. The first is for anybody in this room who has yet to claim or do not want to claim the voice of Jesus. First off, let me just say I'm thankful that you are here. If you're, if you're here and you're wrestling with God, you're wrestling with this whole church and faith thing, let me just say I hear you and I understand. And there are a lot of justifiable reasons why people struggle with this. But if you want to listen to me today just for a second, I'd ask for two things for you who have not claimed Jesus yet. The first is simply this. Just consider the people and the voices that you allow to influence you. Just consider it. I'm not telling you who to listen to. I'm not telling you why to listen to. I'm just simply saying, just take a moment and pause and consider the people that you allow in your life to impact you and change you. Because as much as, as, as weird as this sounds, I believe that every single one of us in this room has a life worth living and you are precious in God's eyes. And you deserve the best life possible. You deserve better. So seek after the best things of this life that will give you life and not take life away from you. The second thing I would say to that group who's, who's not quite convinced about all this, if you were to listen to me, I would say, consider the unfailing voice of Jesus in your life. Especially if you're walking through a dark time. Especially if you don't know who you are or where you're going. And especially if you are constantly being yelled out by these voices that are telling you something that you are not. For those of you who have claimed the voice of Jesus in this room, those who have said, yes, I have claimed Jesus as my, I don't have it all figured out. I don't have all the answers, but I'm trying my best to seek after God. Here are the two things I would say to you. First is, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Make a determined effort every single day to pray, to read his word, to live as Jesus lived. See the inner meaning behind these words on these pages. See the life that Jesus lived. And hopefully you will take that life and you will say, I want to live that life out every single day. And the second thing that I would say to this group is, open your eyes to the people that God has placed in your life today. Because understand, God has placed someone in your life today that you can encourage to listen to the voice of Jesus. One of the things that I do as, a, as your campus pastor is I take every prayer request that you write down on those connection cards and I sit down in my office and I pray over them. Every single one. I pray over what is going on in your life because prayer is important and because your life is important. And one of the things that I notice as I read through these prayer requests is that there are a lot of people in this room right now who have family members, who have friends, who have not claimed the voice of Jesus. You have sons or daughters, brothers or sisters, husbands, wives, whatever, that are struggling. There's a distance. There's a struggle there. There's something that's just keeping them. All I'm here to say to you is this. Don't give up on them. Do not give up on the people that God has placed in your life. It could take years. It could take one random you know, conversation at 1 a.m. in the morning across the dining room table until someone actually hears it. Some, there's people in your life that God has placed in your life today that needs your hope. 
that needs you to believe in them, that needs a, a, a handwritten note, that needs a co- cup of coffee, do not give up on the people in your life today that God has placed in there that you can encourage towards him, that you can point to something better. The unfailing voice of Jesus will never part, stop pursuing after us. He'll never stop pursuing after us. Live that truth out today. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day. To be in this community, to worship you in spirit and in truth, and to be challenged by your word. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to find us exactly where we are, who enters into our messiness and breathes hope, joy, and strength into our lives. Help us, Heavenly Father, to fix our thoughts, our eyes, our everything on you today. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you would give us the eyes to see and the courage to seek out those in our life that we can point towards something better. In your name we pray, amen.